You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcast. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And uh, today we're talking about, of course, Kentucky and Mississippi State at Rupp Arena. Tuesday night, 9 o'clock. On ESPN, Carl Ravitch is your play-by-play guy. Jimmy Dykes, the color man, and Marty Smith, the sideline reporter. John Calipari is 14-0. 14-0 all-time against Mississippi State. Ben Hallen, the Bulldogs coach, 1-6 versus UK all-time. Kentucky has now won 13 in a row in the series. Mississippi State is 5-49 uh, and 49 in Lexington against Kentucky. Last time... Uh, Kentucky lost to Mississippi State was actually in Rupp Arena, February 3rd, 2009, Billy Gillespie era. Uh, Miss State, though, as we've talked about on uh, the podcast yesterday, Kyle, has won five straight conference games after an 0-3 start to SEC play. They they were horrible to begin conference play at Auburn, at Alabama, lost both by double digits, but then only lost by one at LSU. Turned around and beat Missouri, Georgia, Arkansas. Uh, Then the Big 12 Challenge, they lost to Oklahoma in Oklahoma City just by one. And then they won at Florida and beat Tennessee. So in the last, what, seven games, the two that they lost were both by one on the road. Uh, And so this team comes in here uh, as one of the uh, best rebounding teams. Um, A lot like... Uh, Auburn in the regard of physical play and uh, work on the glass. Yeah, this isn't like an immediate test. I mean, Cal Perry said on his radio show uh, tonight, Monday night as we record, he said, you think we did a few rebounding drills? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, they they gave up 17 offensive rebounds in that game. They got just absolutely destroyed on the glass uh, at Auburn. And this is an immediate test of, you know, did you learn anything? Did did it hit you in the pride? You know, are you going to come out? Uh, prideful about rebounding because um, I would say Mississippi State's a better rebounding team uh, even than Auburn was. Yeah, uh, they have a a few staggering numbers, um, and it's weird. We were talking about this before we came on about how certain uh, sort of advanced, not even really all that advanced, but not just your standard box score numbers are calculated on, on Ken Palm right now. Uh, it, if you go to their team page. Uh, Mississippi State is ranked second in the country in offensive rebound percentage at 39.9. But I think that's like an estimated number on there. They do some sort of calculation. It has to be because it's not the actual number. If if you think of offensive rebound percentage uh, as the percentage of of offensive rebounds that are available and the ones that they get, um, I actually did the number, divided their number of offensive rebounds total by their number of missed shots total, and it's actually almost 44%. Yeah. They have rebounded almost 44%, I think it's 43.8% of their missed shots. Yeah. That is a staggering number. It is. Um, It is remarkable. And that, in in reality, they probably lead the country in that number. Um, at worst, I would think so. You know, I mean, they, I mean they're, they're second on Ken Palm. I would guess they actually lead the country. 
um, in actual offensive rebounds out of you know divided by missed shots. Um, it as is as far as per game, they're at thirteen. They're second in the SEC and sixteenth nationally in offensive rebounds per game. Yeah, and they but, they also they lead the league. Uh, just in in overall rebound margin, they're getting eight and a half more rebounds per game on average than the other team. Yeah. Um, so this is, I mean, it's a, it's a huge, um, an immediate test of, you know, is this thing that we saw against Auburn is that actually going to haunt Kentucky or can they fix it? Uh, right. Can they fix it on a fairly quick turnaround? I mean, there's not there's only so much you can do in two days. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is. Um, uh, Mississippi State comes in with Reggie Perry, who's 6'10", 250, and is an NBA draft pick. Uh, Abdul Adu, who's a 6'11", 255-pound junior, uh, who rebounds and block shots. And Robert Wood- Woodard, who's 6'7", uh, 230, 40 pounds, so a big big kind of swing man. And they all average about s- at least seven rebounds a game, essentially. Uh, Adu is 6.8, Woodard 7.1, and Perry 10, 10 rebounds a game. Well, offensive rebounds, just listen to this part on the offensive rebounds, just for perspective. So Nick Richards, he has 60 offensive rebounds this year. EJ has 27, Sestina has 26, Keon has 22. So again, Nick Richards with 60 is the leader. Perry has 68. Adu has 74. Woodard has 50. So 68, 74, 50 versus 60, 27, 26, 22. I mean. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, in many ways you would say, and this is, this is what kind of where Calipari's philosophy was for a long time when he had dominant big men all the time. Sometimes the best shot, the best mm. offense is throw it at the rim, you know, drive in there and throw it off the backboard and somebody will grab it and put it back in. Um, so that's why they're like, they're second in the SEC in field goal percentage, 46.7%. That has a lot to do with it. Yeah, you get a lot of get a lot of put back dunks and gimmies. Um, so yeah. that you know, just on a uh, in a general sense, this is a challenge for Kentucky's guys. And and uh, it would have been great if Nick Richards or EJ had been out there or both of them to do interviews today. But it was instead the other two guys who were going to be called upon to step their game up as well. Uh, Nate Sestina uh, and Keon Brooks. Um, you know, and and Kenny Payne was the the coach who came out instead of Cal Perry, the assistant coach. And he works with their big men, obviously. Um, and he said, look, sometimes, you know, he was talking about how good Reggie Perry is, and he's a pro, and, you know, he can really hurt you, but especially when he plays the four, because when he's at the four, EJ is going to have to defend him, uh, and and Keon Brooks is going to have to defend him. Um, and Keon, you know, he kept, Kenny kept saying he gives up 100 pounds, uh, <laughs> and Keon's like, I'm not sure I give up 100. It's actually yeah. about 50 pounds, but 50 is a lot. It is. Uh, Reggie Perry's a grown man and looks like it, and, and Keon Brooks is a, is a slender uh, kid. And he basically just said, um, he, uh, I think Jerry Tipton asked him, well, how do you, how do you counteract you know, him being that much bigger and stronger? And he said, this thing right here, and he pointed at his heart. Um, he said, that's all it really is, having some heart and not being willing to be pushed around. And he, he said, Last game, down the stretch, we got hit in the mouth and we staggered back instead of punching back. They hit us with a haymaker and we kind of went into a shell. Yeah. Um, I thought that was quite a quote. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and Nate Sestina talked about, you know, maybe it was his hand. You know, he broke his wrist and then he came back and he said, maybe I was afraid to stick my hand in there uh, when I came back, but I lost being, you know, being that energy guy and that toughness guy. Um you know, and so he said, "This will be a good test for us because we know they pride themselves on toughness, and so it's got we've got to get it in our head to pride ourselves on being tough." 
Um, so, you know, either either Kentucky does that and you you tip your cap to them for recognizing and they've all they all said the right things that they saw it on film, that coaches showed it to them and they felt this, you know, they felt embarrassed by the level of effort. Uh, and you either see that and you fix it or you just can't and you say this if if they get matched up against one of these teams in the tournament, they're going to get clocked, you know. Right. Um, and so I think it I think it's a, actually a very good thing one way or the other to just figure out like can they handle a team like this yeah um you know and you Nick were exposed Richards, and you yeah. get a chance to to show yourself right away well you mentioned nick richards there before i cut you off uh and we will talk about him on the other side of this break on the locked on kentucky podcast you are locked on kentucky your daily kentucky wildcats podcast okay we're back here on the locked on kentucky podcast and um, as we were saying before the break, uh, this is perfect that uh, Kentucky got exposed at Auburn and, and saw what one of its weaknesses is, which is uh, backing down from a physical team and going into a shell, like you said, Keon Brooks said. Uh, and so now they turn right around and play another one who is, well, Kenny Payne called Mississippi State probably the most physical team in the SEC. And so now... It's up to Nick Richards and Nate Sestina and Keon Brooks and EJ Montgomery to to be physical back, to be the aggressor, as yeah. Kenny Payne likes to say. Yeah, and this is especially for uh, for Nick. This is a, a chance to um, to answer sort of to answer one of the rare times this season he's played poorly, and the first time in ten games. You know, he played nine. Yeah. He played nine consecutive games. He went a month without a bad game, which is a big, big step for Nick Richards. You yeah. Know, in the in that month, he averaged of nine games. He averaged seventeen point three points and eleven point one rebounds, um, and did not have a single clunker in there. You know, some were better than others, but not a single clunker uh, in there. He put it put the team on his back uh, at Arkansas and at Texas Tech in those huge environments. And made um, NBA scouts start to think about him. And now those NBA scouts are going to be there to see him and Reggie Perry. Right. And, mono you know, mono. And Calipari, I mean Calipari, Kenny Payne mentioned too in terms of EJ, you know, can EJ, can this be a game EJ steps up if, if Perry is at the four and somebody, EJ and Keon have to defend him. I asked him, you know, maybe does that, does that challenge, you hope, jumpstart him? And he said there's, you know, I, I asked, there's going to be 14 – uh, they have 14 credentialed NBA scouts at this game, so a pretty good number. Yeah. And he said there's going to be a bunch of NBA scouts there watching this, watching those guys go at it, and this is uh, – I think he said there's a challenge there for a guy like EJ. Maybe he rises to that challenge. He wants to be a pro. He's made no secret of that. Um, to this point, his stock is kind of non-existent. But this is, this is a direct opportunity, and there haven't been a bunch to this point, uh, a direct opportunity for EJ to go, you know, one on one with a with a pro, a guy that's almost certainly uh, going to be a pro. And then for for Nick, um, this is kind of a challenge to see, like, how far have you come in terms of uh, maintaining confidence when it when some when you get some adversity. Um, and I thought that was an interesting thing too that Kenny talked about today. Um, he said there are days when he's done so well and everybody has given him credit and love and admiration for how far he's come, and he's wanting that from us, meaning the coaching staff. Well, we can't give it to him. We can't allow him to ever relax because we have a thin margin, very thin. We're not an overpowering. We're not the most t- talented team in the SEC. We're not the most talented team in the country. 
each guy, especially Nick, has to br- bring their part uh, to the table. And he said, you know, they met on Sunday, he and Nick, and he said, do you remember your first year and your second year when you were begging, I just want to play, I'll do whatever, just let me play. Yeah. He said, now not only are you getting to play, but how you play determines if we win or lose. That's a lot of responsibility, so you better bring, you better mentally come into this thing every single day prepared for war. Um, and Kenny's not exaggerating. You know, he Mm-mm. said we can't win without Nick Richards. He's not exaggerating even a little bit. No. In Kentucky's 16 wins, Nick Richards has averaged 16.2 points and 9.2 rebounds. In the five losses, he's averaged 7 points and 4.8 rebounds. Yeah. So when he plays poorly, they lose. The end. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> period. Uh, you know, and, and you're certainly going to lose if Ashton also plays poorly. But when Nick Richards has played poorly, they lose. Because um, if Ashton plays poorly, if Nick plays well, it's it's because you have two other guards who can still get him the ball. It's can still they can still be ball handlers and distribute. Whereas if you know if Nick plays poorly. I mean, Ashton and Tyrese and Manuel, they have to sink some shots for it. If, if Nick plays poorly, there's nothing else there. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that, I mean, I mean that's, that's why thing. it's such a big deal. Yeah. Nothing that you could certainly that you would count on. You know, and right. there, there has yet to be, you know, well, maybe EJ, but there has yet to be a game where Nick played poorly and EJ just rose up and took over. It yeah. hasn't happened. Um, and none of, those, none of those other guys have either. So he is their guy. Uh, and when they talk about our margin is really thin, what they mean is we don't have any other big guys. <laughs> exactly. We cannot count on any other big guys, not any other big guys mm-hmm. except for Nick. So Nick has to play great every night, and that is a lot of pressure, but it is what it is. And and for a guy, to Kenny's point, who was begging for an opportunity to prove he's good enough, now you got it, and now with that comes uh, the tall order of play every we- play well every night. Um so I, I thought that was all really interesting stuff. I thought the the idea that you know we're not going to give him the satisfaction of you're you're playing well enough because you got to keep you know bringing more. And I had actually talked to Kenny just sort of privately in the middle of this huge. I wrote a story for the Athletic that by the time people listen to this, it'll be up. Um, you know, in the middle of this hot streak for Nick, I was kind of saying to Kenny, you know, how proud are you of this and he was right. basically like i am but he can do more and he needs to do more yeah and i was like geez really like he's <laughs> he's killing it and he's like no he can do more you know i'm never going to stop asking him for more and he basically he had said to, said that to me um probably a week week two weeks ago before i mean while he was still playing well so it wasn't a reaction to anything bad right it was just a hey we can't let up and that was that was very much the message today after he did play poorly one time is you know we can't we can't let him feel good about it because he's got to just keep going, um, and and I think to get hit in the mouth like that and then to turn right around and know that everybody's going to be watching to see how you react to know that the guy across from you is is a powerhouse as well is a great opportunity for Nick um, mm-hmm. if he doesn't get swallowed up by the pressure and so I, I think I am and everyone will be very eagerly watching to see how will he. How does how does this new version of Nick Richards handle playing badly and then having to turn right around and play a really really good opponent? Well, and I thought it was interesting that uh, Nate Sestina, what he said about Richards said he said Nick is completely different from the beginning of the season. 
until right now as far as being able to sit there and watch his mistakes on film and take the criticism from the coaches, understand it, and then go out and perform well. So it's almost like Sestina said, I've, I, we've been in these rooms before watching you know, tape of big men and how we play, and I've seen it before where he's not responded well. And right. he, he seems to be saying that he expects him to respond well now. Uh, but, you know, that very razor-thin margin, because in that same, uh, what, 15 minutes that Kenny Payne was talking to the media, he mentions uh, EJ, we need him to play better. He mentions Nate, we need him to play better. Like yeah, he, I think he said sorely. 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 Needs, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, Nate Sestina to play better. And th- there's been a lot of talk about that. I mean, he, he has very obviously lost some confidence. Uh, Nate Sestina has shots aren't falling. Um, you know, he's just not playing the same at all. And, uh, and, you know, Cal has said it, Kenny has said it. We need, we need Nate to play better. Um, what did he, I was trying to find that quote actually now. Um, something along the lines of we need him to relax and play hard. Relax. Yeah. That, fight, that, that was the word. Energy. Relax, yeah. We need, yeah, we need him to play better. We need him to relax and play hard. The things that he did before he got here, and that's the thing. He averaged eight and a half rebounds a game uh, at Bucknell, and obviously yeah. a, a, it's a higher level. But he can rebound. He had a ten and a twelve rebound game uh, earlier this season. He's got uh, he's got six total rebounds in the last four games. One the other day when he played eighteen minutes, he got one rebound, um, and was a minus twenty one in eighteen minutes of play. Yeah. You know that's that is not going to get it done. He's he. I know that I, I or I think part of maybe what happened is he he realized as Nick emerged and the fact that they're still so committed to EJ. Okay, my role is probably as the stretch four, and he came out in and who wouldn't think that after the Ohio State game? He comes out right. and goes five of eight from three, and so I I think the combination of being injured and having a you know with what you grab rebounds with your wrist your hand. Having surgery on it, coming back, trying to protect that. He was ha- he had it heavily wrapped for several games in a row. Them using you as a stretch guy out away from the basket, I think that can flip your mentality. And then you don't play well for a while, and so that gets in your head. He's got a lot of things sort of uh, – I think he's hearing a lot of voices <laughs> uh, in his inner, inner uh, monologue. And I think probably the best bet for him right now is just to say, I got to play really hard. I got to go in there and throw my weight around. You know, he's still a big, strong kid. He's still a 6'9, 235. Yeah. You know, fifth year senior. Um, he ought to at least be able to put his butt on somebody and get some rebounds at, right. at minimum. Like, and he should, I think he should think of it that way. Um, you know, I, I'm getting five rebounds today if I play 10 minutes period, and even if I do nothing else. And he talked a little bit about that today. He said, you know, I'm, I, that's going to have to be the goal, and you know, maybe I won't score as much, but I don't care nearly as much about scoring as I do about winning. Uh, and he said the way I played at Auburn made it appear as though I don't care about winning, and that's not true. I thought that was an interesting hmm. um, quote as well. So he knows. I think he's aware now. I, think that, I think that Auburn game was a stark sort of like – I mean, you know, use the analogy of getting hit in the face and punched in the mouth, all that stuff that people say. But that had to be a, a slap across the teeth. Um, you're watching that in film with your coaches, and you're just standing there, and, and they're just grabbing every <laughs> yeah. rebound, every rebound, every rebound, and it's killing you. Um, 
I think everybody surely is awake now. If they come out and just get their ass kicked on the glass again in this game, then then you question their sort of their want to. I think. Well, this will be a different kind of glass game as well. It won't be uh, a Mississippi State team that jacks up twenty three three pointers that were the you know long rebound type possibility where a guard rebound type game. This is going to be a, a big guys rebound game. This is going to be a game that Sestina and and Brooks and Montgomery. And Richard should have the majority of rebounds because it's going to be like that down in there. Okay, we'll continue a lot more to talk about with this matchup with Mississippi State when the Lockdown Kentucky podcast continues. This is Lockdown Kentucky, your team every day. Back here on the Lockdown Kentucky podcast, and uh, as we preview Mississippi State and um, talk a little bit about what Kenny Payne said, and uh, we mentioned the rebounding and all that. Um, what uh, something else impressive um, about what Mississippi State is doing right now is that the guys are playing better recently. Of course, they're they're winning; they're hot right now. Uh, but part of that is like this emergence of a six foot six freshman DJ Stewart, uh, eight point three points per game for the season, but twelve and a half and five rebounds a game over his last four. Three of his top five scoring performances of the season have come in his last four. Uh, against Tennessee, last time out, he had 20 points. He was four of five from three. Uh, Nick Weatherspoon, he missed the first 10 games of the season. They seem to be back in kind of rhythm with him. I mean, his game against Tennessee, 11 points, nine assists, eight rebounds, a steal, a block, four of yeah. five shooting. I mean, he was a beast uh you look at he's a top Perry. 30 i mean he was a top 30 recruit he's had a bunch of sort of off the court issues uh, right and been yeah. sort of you know a bit of a problem in that regard but he was an elite player uh, he's <laughs> i mentioned i think in the last episode they've got basically the entire starting five as former top 100 recruits and a couple yeah. of them are five-star guys they are they're one of the handful of uh, just raw talent most talented teams uh, in the league, so this is not really that big a shock to me that they're playing well now. They just—it was more of a shock that they stunk early. Well, this Perry and then Robert Woodard, the the other sophomore, six seven sophomore. Um, those two guys are two of only three players in the conference this year. Kerry Blackshear from Florida being the other to have a twenty plus, fifteen plus rebound, twenty plus points, fifteen plus rebounds game this season. So that tells you how formidable they are. Now, there are some weaknesses. Reggie Perry also leads the team in turnovers and in fouls. So, you know, if Nick Richards can draw some fouls down yeah. low. But, I, I mean, don't well, you think you got six foot eleven junior Abdullah Du? It seems likely that that's who Nick's guarding. Yeah. And Perry is going to be EJ's job and quickly is going to be on Robert Woodard, six foot seven sophomore. And that feels like it's the big mismatch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, potentially. I think he could take advantage. I mean, Quickly's a great defender, but yeah, that's just such a huge size, height and weight advantage uh, for Woodard, and he's playing so well. It would be interesting if they could get Perry in foul trouble. Uh, you know, Nick Richards in. In the game that sort of everyone billed as this is going to be one where Nick has got to stand up, um, which I don't think people necessarily thought that going into the Auburn game. Wiley's like a good, solid player, but nobody, you know. No. I don't think, like, we weren't all going, oh, man, this is going to be a Titanic showdown. Right. Um, But in the game that that happened, the Louisville game, Nick really rose to that challenge. He 
he had 13 points, 10 rebounds, and the big stat was 11 fouls drawn. Right. And he got yes. their entire front court in foul trouble, and he was he was welcoming. If you want to imagine, like, what, you know, could Nick handle this? Yeah, absolutely could handle this. You imagine what it looks like. It looks exactly like the Louisville game. He was embracing the contact. He was scoring, you know, it was, he had maybe three and ones, two or three and ones. The, you know, he was roaring after those. He would get fouled, and he'd finish a tough bucket, and he would wave his arms to the crowd. And you Stephen know. Enoch is no, like, you know. Stephen you know, Enoch is a yeah. massive human right. being. Right, he's a big he is, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they had a big front court. They had big guys to throw at him, and they, he just was bouncing off them. That, and Kenny talked about that because I said, you know, he talked about how, how Austin Wiley kind of took him, took him out of it and really took it to Nick and all that. And I said, yeah, but he only played 18 minutes, you know, what, how do you account for the other time when Nick should have been, you know, when Nick was the biggest guy on the floor, when right. Wiley was out with foul trouble, and he said, "Well, I'll just tell you, it's not about the opponent with Nick. Right. It's about his mental approach. And if he comes into a game saying, I want this contact, I'm going to dominate,' you know, then he will. But if he doesn't, he won't. And that, you know, it's really that simple. So, you know, does Nick look at this and go?" This is the Louisville game. I got to be that guy. And if he does, and he one, if he plays that way, it's huge. But two, if he draws fouls the way he did in that game, you get Perry, or you get a do, or you get both of them in foul trouble. That changes everything because you take a couple of those guys away, and then Mississippi State is a is a a, a much smaller meal to consume, <laughs> um, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it, it, the good thing of the. I'm really, really looking forward to this game for one reason. Um, I mean, a bunch of reasons that we just mentioned, but Miss, Miss State is third in the SEC in fewest fouls. So there's a good chance we may not have one of these foul fests, which would be nice. And the other thing is both teams are are not th- – neither are three-point shooters. I think, um, like, Kentucky and – uh, misstated like both like last and second to last in the SEC in um, three point attempts. So this is going to be one of those games where it's you know the drives um, coming off screens, feeding the post. Uh, I predict there'll be forty fouls. <laughs> oh God! I'm going to tell no. you right now, there's going to be forty fouls in this game. Oh God! Um, please no. Yeah, I, I love you your wishful thinking, it. but I think there'll be 40 fouls in this game. This will be a fist fight. Um, one thing, and we're getting close on time, but one thing I wanted to mention, the, the new net rankings are out. Um, and here I'm going to give you the rundown of just the top 100. There's there's the, the good news for the SEC, there's 11 of the 14 teams are in the top 100. The bad news is there's only one in the top 20, and there's only three in the top 30. It's, it's you know, the league is, eh, it's – not great, but it's 19 Auburn, 22 LSU, 27 Kentucky, 34 Arkansas, 38 Mississippi State. So Mississippi State is really trending up. I think if yeah. they get this win at Rupp Arena, they feel great about getting in the NCAA tournament. And that's oh, that's another yeah. thing that's on their plate right now. Like this is this is playing for your season kind of when you're playing Kentucky. Uh, you win at you win at Rupp Arena with what they've done lately. They probably are in you know kind of don't just don't screw the pooch down the stretch mode to get in the tournament. Uh, forty one Alabama, forty two Florida, seventy Tennessee, seventy four South Carolina, ninety Georgia, and ninety five Missouri. Um, so those are the the eleven teams that are in the top one hundred. Ole Miss, Texas A and M, and Vanderbilt are all in the hundreds. Um, 
Well, but if you uh, look at the rest of what Mississippi State has, after Kentucky, they go back home and play Vanderbilt. Then it's at Ole Miss, at Arkansas will be tough. They're home for South Carolina. They're at Texas A&M. They're home for Alabama. They're at Missouri. I mean, they could go the rest of that schedule. They could win that out. They could go with maybe just two losses. Yeah, I mean, you but could you, on- you could easily have finished that with one loss. I mean, Arkansas away would be the, the only other big opportunity for like There's, a huge, huge win there. I'm sorry. They're also at South Carolina, and then they have Ole Miss at home. So another at South Carolina. Yeah. But, yeah, but in terms of NCAA tournament resume, this is it. Yeah, this is the big one. This one in Arkansas. At Kentucky, at Arkansas. Those are their two chances in the final ten games of the season, uh, or however many it is. Uh, Yeah, exactly ten games. They got two chances to to rack up wins that matter, that really matter. I mean, some of these would be good, solid wins. Alabama is pretty good right now. South Carolina is trending up, which helps Kentucky, by the way. That loss is no longer a a, a, quadrant three. Four or three or four, three. it's moved up yeah. one. Um, but you know, right now their best win is actually over Arkansas, uh, thirty-four Arkansas at home, and Florida uh, at Florida. Those are their yeah. two top fifty wins right now, and Florida's pretty iffy. Um, so yeah, they they have so much. That that's the thing that, too is they have so much on the line in this game. Kentucky's kind of got pride on the line. But Mississippi State's got a postseason, you know, berth on the line. Right. And once again, Calipari has never lost to Mississippi State, 14-0. and And Kentucky's won 13 straight in the series. Dan the just way, wanted to get that, that jinx in one more time. You, you guys can direct all your hate mail at at DReefer. <laughs> By the way, before Kentucky tips off at 9 o'clock, uh, there are a couple of good games to keep your interest uh, and keep you uh, ready to go for that Kentucky game. The appetizers are Tennessee at Alabama, and, of course, Kentucky plays at Tennessee Saturday. And then the other 7 o'clock game is Auburn at Arkansas, and then Kentucky tips. So Good stuff. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, like he said, at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R, that's where I am on Twitter. You can, uh, yeah, get after us. Kyle, you're at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right, enjoy the game, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Locked on Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.